This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen and Yas Janais. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 2-0 loss to Stoke City on Saturday. Very disappointing loss for Fulham. We'll be going through it during the show. But before we go on any further, I have to welcome both my co-hosts back to the show first. Mr. Janais, how are you doing today? Looking forward to talking about this loss? Yeah, at least we don't live in Stoke. <laughs> we... I mean, it's, it's, it's um, you know, I'll leave it at that. Mind you, we'll say this. Uh, when they were in the Premier League, the Britannia Stadium was a very, very difficult stadium to play at because of just the dimensions of it and the wind right. coming in. It was And, and also the noise levels, uh, although I think we only had 23,000 yesterday. But go, go figure, two weeks after, three weeks after, Nathan Jones says, oh, I've done everything I can. Like, the bogger's going and it's Swansea. They get an international break and then they bugger us. Yep. You know, one of those things, I suppose. But we've got we've got Lytton, Lytton, Lytton on Wednesday. So uh, I'm hoping yes. we can uh, get some uh, points back on the board then. I as well, my friend. Mr. Cohen, you and I did full-time basically right after the match, and we were both irritated beyond belief. Are you feeling any different today? Yeah, I mean, it's more irritated yesterday. Now it's just more baffled uh, at the fact that Joe Bryan was the center half for 90 minutes, and there was no form- formation change. It's I'm I'm just confused now, Russ. Honestly, more than anything. Okay, it's very interesting. That's a great place to start as we talk about this. There are some very interesting talking points to figure out how Fulham lost this match. Obviously, the players didn't play well enough, gave up two goals, but there's a lot more to the story, I think. So let's start here, Mr. Janaeus. I'm going to ask you. And normally we wait a little bit before we talk about the starting 11 in the 18 overall. But I want to go right there right now and talk yeah. about the formation. Because uh, when I saw the starting 11 in the 18 overall, I was surprised to see the formation being the same formation that ended the match against Charlton Athletic. I was, again, I was looking at it I'm like, I was just surprised. I didn't see that coming. And I'm just going to ask you. Do you think it's possible that Fulham lost the match before it began with this formation change going back to what worked in the second half against Child? And I know, again, we're looking after the match, but I'm curious, what was your view there? And am I right to look at this as a possible reason for the loss? Yeah, I mean, I, I Facebooked it when the line, lineup came out. I liked the lineup. Um, it was it was to put to, to me to put uh, Joe Bryan at centre back um, with the success of the second half against Charlton. I can understand that. Some would argue it's arrogant um, doing it away from home at Stoke because it's not at the cottage. 
where you know your dimensions were, Britannia is a little different. Um, it was a little bit of an odd one, but I think he probably figured um, it should, you know, we had success with it against Charlton. The only thing that I would have questioned, and I still question, is the fact that the number of the players were away on international break, how much time would you have had to actually work on the finesses of the formation? Right. Um, and that, I think, is a lesson that he's going to have to learn from. I, I, what, I, I don't question the formation. I question playing the formation against them. Right. Um, I think that was just a little cheeky. And um, it worked to start off with, but then you know Campbell hit us early, and then all and then all of a sudden we were chasing, we were behind the eight ball. Right, Giannis. And before I go to Max and get his thoughts on this, what concerned me, and I'm glad that you mentioned this because Fulham were in complete control before the goal, but going forward, I felt that Stoke City were compact. They knew what they were doing. They were well set up to stop us. There was really very little flow. It really took, you know, again, uh, a mistake by Fulham to set up their first goal. But when I look back at it and I watch the highlights, obviously watched the full match, and I think about Joe Bryan, and I know what you're saying about him, and I like Joe Bryan, but I think it was a mistake to, again, put him in that role. I, I Again, listening to Gentleman Jim, he thought, that Stoke City were targeting him. And I totally believe that, Giannis. So looking yeah. back at it now, when you look at it, I understand what you're saying. But I think moving forward, I understand the idea. But I think it left us exposed in the back. Your thoughts? Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, you, you, you st- you've still got to respect the teams that you play in the division. And, and Stoke City is a, um, a team... But if you look at their lineup, and, and especially look at, you know, you look at, if you looked at the bench, they've got an England goalkeeper for Cornell out there. Yeah. You know, we know about Tom Ince, we know about James Scott McLean, Hogan. we know about Sam Vokes. You know, they, they, they've got some very good players. That to me, their um, the squad belies the, the, the position. And um, I'm not sure what Mrs. Parker put in his tea on Wednesday morning. Um, but um, if you're going to play three at the back. Um, I think, you know, if you'd have done that, you might as well have done brought Le Marchand into the into the lineup and done it that way. If that's the way you were going to play, right. at least he's played as a centre back, and as opposed to the way it did work out, it just didn't seem. It was, um, and that's where Fulham fans, I think, were upset there because they felt they felt it just it didn't make sense, and it was it was it was a cheeky, it was a little bit cheeky. Um, against a, a team that, you know, second from bottom, but have just come off of the back of a really, really good win. So um, it's a lesson that as a young coach, he's going to have to learn because I'm sure if he reads the media, you know, the clippings and the, the Facebook things, he will know. A lot of fans are upset with um, the way it worked out yesterday. Totally agree with that, Giannis. And Max, over to you. Feel free to share your thoughts on what Giannis just shared. And just to add to this a little bit, I was watching Scott Parker's uh, – video that was taken after the match and um one of the things that he said that I'm I'm glad that he said this in this uh video that um he was going to spend today that was yesterday learning from it basically uh, the quote is learn from it They're, he's going to learn from the mistakes of this match which I hope that he does and I hope the players do as well I hope they all review it before they concentrate on Lutentown because they have to figure out what went wrong but I want to get your thoughts on what we're talking about here. You already talked about exposing uh, Joe Bryan here. I feel like he was exposed. I like Joe Bryan, but I don't think that should be his role. Your thoughts? Yeah, and it was almost the worst uh, of both worlds because you had Joe Bryan attacking left back, playing pretty defensively, getting beaten out by much more physically imposing strikers. And then... On the other side, you had Alfie Mawson, a pretty defensive-minded uh, center back, playing on the right wing almost and getting forward with, with, in, in pretty regular fashion and giving the ball away in regular fashion. Yeah, making well. mistakes. So yeah. it, it was – I'm just – I said baffling a bunch, and that's just the word that comes to mind because it, it just didn't make sense for me. And I know Giannis mentioned, you know, if you're going to play the three at the back, play Le Marchand. Right. Or even play a doy. We talked about that. It, yeah. 
But even Adore, I think, is we didn't mention him yesterday, but he's the most That's obvious right. player for that role, actually, because he's played a bunch of right back and also a bunch of center back lately. Um, so it didn't really make sense to me, honestly. And that's how the goals were scored. You know, it's it's not that complicated. As I said yesterday, Brian gets beaten out by a header, Reams flat-footed, and you have three defenders on the pitch, you're going to be exposed more often than not. And Giannis said the word cheeky. I, I like that to describe yeah. it. Parker thought, listen, it's a, it's a poor team away from home. Let's put in another Reading-like performance and embarrass them at their own place. But it didn't work out that way. And honestly, you know, you talk about their style. I think they, they deserve that win completely. Oh, totally. They deserve that win. They were clinical. They're at the races. Their pressing style worked perfectly against us. And that was honestly the perfect game plan from, from Nathan Jones. Listen, I want to totally give them credit. And uh, as I mentioned to you guys off air, uh, a Stoke City supporter tweeted to the Cottage Talk account basically complaining that I was complaining about the style of play. And I understand that because I did do that on the full-time show with you. I just don't like that style of play. I understand it. It worked great, and they deserve credit. And I, I wanted to give them credit, and I did give them credit. So I just want to mention that one more time. But, Giannis, back to you, because, again, this goes back to Scott Parker, and I'm glad that he mentioned this video, learning from his mistakes. Here's my question to you. Do you think Scott Parker is more concerned about playing against the opponent, matching up against the opponent, or was he just thinking this is going to be the formation that worked well against Charlton Athletic, and that's why I'm going to go with it? Because I've talked to you about this in the past. Do you match up against the opponent? Or do you just say, this is who we are and this is what works best for full, just concentrating on us instead of them? What are your thoughts about this in this match? Do you think he was thinking more about Fulham or thought that this formation could work against Stoke City? I think it's the latter and that's the problem. We've got enough talent. We've got enough talent in, the, in, in our squad right now. Because of the Deadwood, we were able to get rid of that. Um, Teams have to plan for us, not we plan for teams. I mean, it'd be, I mean, they're not the same sort of team, but would we be feeling the same way if we were playing Burton Albion? I know they're in League One, but we would right. be going, oh, God, McFadden, what should we do with him? No. We'd be, you know, we'd have our lineup and we'd, do, we'd plan accordingly and let them worry about us. That's what the best teams do. They go out and play and they let their opponents worry about them. And um, I think. The phrase I was thinking of is he probably, out, I think he outthought himself. And uh, if Mr. Brian Clough was, bless his cotton socks, alive, he'd say football's a simple game. And it really is. And you've got the players that can do what our players can do. Just stick to the recipe, that's all. Just That's all you've got to do. And you know what, That just going back to that that that, um, that um, Stoke City supporter that left that comment on your Twitter account. Yep. I wonder if he's... Um, I'd be curious to know if he's uh, um, if he's a supporter of uh, James McLean not wearing a poppy on Remembrance Day, lest we forget. You know right. that coming up. It's it's funny. It's funny our fans can throw mud at other people, but conveniently forget that you know <laughs> they've got their own their own skeletons, skeletons in their own club uh, club's closet. Sure. But I don't I don't think that. Um, I think this is one where he's going to have to learn. Um, right. You've got to look at the squad. We, I think we're the most talented squad in the division. And I think the team should worry about us and not vice versa. And okay. just go out and play the game. That's it. Okay. But right back to you, and I want to ask Max this as well, because uh, I talked about this on the full-time show. Scott decided at halftime, and uh, again, he talked to, to the team, and you could see a reaction in the second half. They play better, but not good enough because they they obviously didn't get the result that they wanted. They lost the match. But Giannis, were you surprised that he did not change the formation at halftime? He decided to stay with it. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought I thought that um I thought that lacked insight. Uh it wasn't working. Uh the problem with that formation is that as much as we were pressing, we were susceptible to the break. Right. And um that was a thing that maybe uh, you've also got to think of the players. If they're playing in a formation they're not used to, there's a different mindset. And it starts from the keeper all the way up to the strikers. Um, I know they had two weeks with the international break, but a lot of the players would have been away. Is it the appropriate time to start changing your formation when you've got so many players away as opposed to 
when you've got time, you know, to work uh, it out, to work it out. And, and, and it, I would have thought that was common sense, uh, unless, of course, Scott is introduced it before and said, right, well, we're going to work on this now. But that still excludes the players that are away on international duty. So uh, especially as one of them played two games for the U.S. and had to do a lot of traveling. You yep. know, it's, uh, so uh, it's it's one of those games where, thankfully, we, we played Luton on Wednesday and we get back on the horse because I'm sure that um, the players will be very disappointed. Um, they'll have thought that at least it was worth getting a point out there. They yep. played very well against Swansea and maybe get three. But now they've left with nothing. Okay, they're six points behind the top team, but um, they'll need to get back to, to, to bouncing forward. Hell, we're we're three points behind the ha-has now. I know. We can't be doing that. No. We cannot be doing this. Not happening at all. Not behind the ha-has. <laughs> good point the there, Giannis. And Max, no over way. to you. Because uh, we talked about this as well. Why didn't he change the formation? It wasn't working. Now, like I said... They played better in the second half, but even Scott Parker said it wasn't good enough in this video that I watched. And so what are your thoughts about that? I think we talked about it. You were surprised that he didn't change it, correct? Yeah, I was. But, you know, that's we all made this decision when, I mean, Fulham made this decision. We backed the decision at, at, at some point when Parker was appointed manager. This is going to be a first-year manager. He's going to be it's growing pains. He's, it's growing pains. and. And I think at the end of the day, it's worth it because we made the gamble that, listen, Parker knows the system. He's not going to co- complain about a transfer policy. He knows yep. the players. He's very popular. He's respected. It's going to be continuity of some sort. And, th- and that's the trade-off we made. A really, really good fit for the club. versus, But he's someone who's very inexperienced. And it's his first year managing the championship. And he's going to make mistakes like this. And I think... Right. Over the long term, it's, it's going to work out. I think it's a net positive, but you know we have instances where he makes mistakes and he should have changed the formation. He shouldn't even started with it in the first place, but it happens. But also, I mean, I think managers more experienced do this as well. You know, I mean, Slavisa definitely had his share of formations before he settled on oh, the absolutely. final one, and it, it happens. But I think there probably should have been more in-game adjustment here. But again, I think we have similar critiques with Slavisa certainly in the past, about him not changing the lineup when it was clear something needed to be done. Okay, excellent. want to now share another quote that I got from this video from Scott Parker, and uh, I'll go right back to you, Max. Does this quote basically sum up why Fulham lost? We're talking about the formation, but this is what he said. I think this is pretty evident. Quote, this is from Scott Parker. Both boxes weren't good enough today, unquote. Is that fair to say that when it really comes down to it, when you really look at this loss, it comes down to the play in both boxes? <laughs> yeah, and both boxes, the middle of the pitch, the third of the pitch. I think it's <laughs> everywhere. I think that's almost too simple. Yeah, we weren't good at finishing and we were really poor defending, but I didn't see anything from the midfield either. I mean, okay. I think that's almost too simplistic from, from Parker. That's almost running away from the heart of the issue because we don't really have a dynamic midfield that, that builds a play up. Just think about all the attacks, guys. It was just pump the ball out wide, swing it in the box, put in a poor delivery, you know, repeat. Where is the passing moves? Where is the interplay of the midfielders and the strikers dropping in and the wingers coming in and mixing around? It's not there. It was also static. And, and that's worrying for me because I don't see a build-up play and attacking game plan that we're used to from Fulham, you know? Okay. When we're effective, it's not just the center back playing it back and forth. Sure. It's the midfielders getting involved, playing one-twos, interchanging. I don't see that right now. So it's the connection. For Parker to say that's yeah, yeah. For Parker to say that's both boxes, almost worrying for me because it's more than that. It's a lot more than that. Okay, Giannis, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's too simplistic to call this? Think, this is the reason why they lost. Do you agree with Max, or do you see what Scott Parker was trying to get at? That for him, again, if you watch the video that's on the phone website, he basically just says it's about both boxes. I think I think he'd have won a lot of brownie points if he said, you know what, I put together a formation that I thought I would win at the Britannia, and although there, there were certain elements of the performance that I wasn't uncomfortable, with, I wasn't comfortable with. I'm going to take responsibility for this. Exactly. I yeah, I mean that's that's that's, that's what, what I was I, waiting for, Giannis, and yeah. I never heard that, and we haven't heard that. I would love this here, Scott Parker, take responsibility yeah. on himself and his coaching staff, and say, listen, we didn't get this one right. 
And yeah, right. I still haven't heard him say something like that after a, a disappointing result. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's uh, I think that's uh, evidence of, of professional development and uh, good man, man management as well. I think if he's pissed off with the players, then um, you know do it in private. Um, and the best managers will do that. They're not going to call players out by name. They won't even. That's right. They might say that collectively we didn't play very well. But um, this is one where you should say, you know, my bad. I hold my hands up. I thought we had a plan. I thought it would work. We we thought we were playing as a team that, even though they beat beaten Swansea, were struggling. And I really thought that this would this would throw a curveball into the way they were going to prepare for us. And in hindsight, it it just didn't work. It was the wrong it was right. the wrong approach. That's what I was hoping to hear, Giannis. Yeah, and I think that's what you. I mean, that's what I'd have done. I mean, it's it's. I think you. That's what a, I would have done too. It's it it's you. Uh, you and I both know that if, um, you know, he might, he, you know, Monday, tomorrow morning, he may tear a strip off and say that's a lot of this was just, was, was just garbage. And that's fine because that's not for public posture and it's not for media posture. But in terms of when you're in front of the media, I think it's it's really important in the public perception that, that uh, you know, to show that humility and, you know, keep um, keep private things private. Um, I think that's really critical, and, and um, really uh, the, the players didn't play well yesterday. But you, but I, I think you've got to take a measure of responsibility. It's not like Scott Parker's working minimum wage at McDonald's. So take responsibility if you drop a hamburger and then get caught giving it to a customer. Just you know, just um, you got it wrong, and that's it. We move on. Exactly, you own it, and you take a little pressure publicly off of your players. You can say privately exactly what you think, but yes. publicly take the responsibility. Hey, I got this one wrong. We got this one wrong. We all need to do a better job, including myself. And that to me is what I was looking to hear. And that's not what I heard. So that, that's what disappointed me. But like you mentioned, Giannis, he's a, a young manager and hopefully he'll learn from that. And eventually after getting more experience, we'll start hearing some of that because when you lose, that's what I'm looking to hear. I'm looking to hear, him take responsibility for some of this and not just, you know, again, of course the players didn't play well, but I think it goes beyond that. Take responsibility on yourself as well. You win, you lose, you draw as a team. I said that on the last full-time show because that's the way I look at it. You all have lost this match, not just the players. He lost it too. His coaching staff lost it too. Why not say that? That's just my thoughts on that. One last thing before we break down this match. One more quote from Scott Parker. I want to get both of your thoughts on this. Max, I have a feeling I know how you're going to feel about it, but I'll ask Giannis first. Giannis, Scott Parker uh, described this as a bump in the road, this loss. Do you agree with him? Um, I'm going to say yes, if only because the division right now looks – so tight and the weather's going to start getting cold and you know i think that's where the conditions ground conditions are going to get heavier and we should really start seeing the quality i think that's where and this is as i was the jekyll and hyde comedian parker here that's the sort of quote that is a good quote yes. you know, for me that's a you know bump it's a bump in the road we have one of those days da, 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 da. he's going to tear a straw out of his players and that's fine you can't say well we were terrible at the back, terrible up front, we were terrible. But it's just a bump in the road. It's, it, you, it's one or the other. And so um, I think that uh, it's just, he's going to, these media interviews, the TV interviews, the radio interviews are very, very important. And, um, you know, we hang on every word. Yeah. And, um and of course, we know that our managers tend to be more honest than our politicians. So, we, but we want it to be framed appropriately. And I think Parker's learning some things and some things he's not. But it is, I think it is a bump in the road because we'll forget it on Wednesday night if we beat Luton. If we don't beat Luton, then, you know, we'll be 13 games in and, you know, nearly a third of the way the season. And then there, there may be some concerns. But I'm expecting us to bounce back on, on, uh, Wednesday against a, uh, a side who has a town that is is almost as boring as Michael Owen. <laughs> Good stuff there, Giannis. Max, over to you. 
we talked about this on full time and you were basically talking about, um, don't want to put words in your mouth that, you know, not to worry, this is one match. Do you see this as a bump in the road? Yeah, well, uh, I have a couple words to you. Welcome to the championship, right? So let's look at some results from yesterday. So Luton Town 3, Bristol City nil. Bristol City right above us in 9th. Luton, who we play on Wednesday, 16th. Uh, we have also Reading 1, Preston nil. Reading are 20th. Preston are right up there um, in 6th. Right. And then, of course, Swansea City won. And, um, and, and they drew Barnsley, the worst team in the league. So this is what you get in the championship. It's such a tight division. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's actually true because we saw it I just in the results I just read. And, of course, Stoke 2, Fulham nil. Anyone yep. can beat anyone. Right. So in that sense, it's shocking that we lost to one of the worst teams in the league. In another sense, what happened, this, is, this is the beauty of the championship is that there's such parity right. and, and, and such a quality of teams that makes it exciting. That's why we love it. So, yeah, it's a bump in the road. It's not as terrible a result as it seems, I think, just because the nature of the vision. You know, poor teams didn't get wins. They put together runs, and suddenly they're in the top half of the table. So, yeah, in that sense, I agree. You know, it's no reason to panic. But if, you, if we just look at the match of what actually happened, there's some worrying things in there. I'm not too concerned, but it needs to be sorted out before, as I said yesterday, before it gets to the business end of the season and results. We need to start winning and winning and winning. Okay. Excellent there. Great stuff by the two of you. Let's now break down this match. Uh, I don't know how much I really want to talk about it, but we're going to go through it, and uh, we'll move on after we break down what we're going to talk about here. So let's talk about the first half. I'm going to stop at a couple of key moments, and then we will summarize our views on the first half. So let's start with Fulham coming out strong, as Giannis was mentioning. We were dictating the play. We looked like we were in control, but I also thought – that we weren't really threatening Stoke City that much. It was a, a controlled play, and uh, they were well-organized. And that's going to lead to the goal from Campbell. And, Giannis, I'll give you the honors. It was a long kickout, flick on, and next thing you know, Tyrese Campbell is getting by Tim Ream and gets the goal that gets by Marcus Benelli. Let's talk about the goal, which turned out to be the match winner, for Stoke City early in this match? Yeah, we were counting their half. And uh, the, the only problem is because of the formation that we were set up with, we were always liable to that. It was a good clearance by Federici. Yeah. It was a nice flick on. And um, Reem, as I said, you know, uh, earlier, Reem had a, a mare against Canada in the, in the week. He, he looked slow. He, and, and in a three-man defense, it just it doesn't work. And um, and he's never going to win. He's never going to win those races. It's a nice finish, and it's it's a real sucker punch. And um, but it is the championship, and and you know as, as Max said earlier, you know we've lost to Burnsley, and now we've lost to Stork. So it's in this division, anything goes. But um, up to that point, we looked fairly comfortable. But um, you know we the Stoke are not the first and not the last team in this division. They're going to employ Route 1 tactics. And right. they're, they're good on the break. It was a good goal. And, um, and by that point, really, we're playing into their hands. And uh, they do have enough quality in their squad. As I said, the squad, the, the, the squad belies their position. They really should be much higher than they are. So um, I was disappointed to go down out so early. But I was thinking, OK, we're 16 in. OK, we've got a chance to come back on this. But uh, it just didn't seem to go our way. We just went at the races. Okay, excellent. Max, over to you. Just want to mention a couple of other situations in the first half. You actually have a yellow card from Mitro a little later, and I forgot to also mention the save by bets on uh, a Joe Allen opportunity. That was a little crazy, and full more fortunate at that point not to go down 2-0. And then um, Betts made a save in the 31st minute on a shot by Campbell. So they did have some opportunities uh, they were dangerous when they had their chances. I don't think Fulham were dangerous as much as Stoke City were when um, they were on top and they had their, their chances. Then you have a couple situations for Fulham. There were basically crosses from Cavalero in the 39th minute that just goes wide, and the same thing from Narcar, which looked like a cross, but it was saved by the goalkeeper in the 43rd minute. So 
Fulham end the half down 1-0. Just give me your overall assessment of the first half. Yeah, I mean, there, there was possession. We, we actually had quite a bit of it, but no clear-cut chances. I can't even think of one shot on target. Um, and, I, and that's really the big thing we've been talking about for weeks, right? I mean, this isn't anything new. We keep going back to this. A lot of possession. A lot of possession almost in there half. But when we get there, it's so difficult for us to translate that into good goal-scoring opportunities. And I'm open to ideas, guys. We're still baffled. What do we do? What, what do we do to get that possession into goals and shots? Because we, we saw it yesterday. We've seen it you know, all season, essentially. When we play these teams that kind of set up to frustrate us, Yep. we, we, we just can't do it. Yeah, it's uh, very frustrating to watch because <clears throat> it looks like you're watching the same movie over and over again. They're doing the same things that aren't working. So, Giannis, back over to you. Just your overall assessment of the first half. Well, it was disappointing because um, it, it was it, it was we started off well and then we just once Campbell scored, we seemed to lose the plot. We seemed to lose confidence. And um, but you got to remember that you know these are experienced players, and you know, bar changing the formation twenty minutes in. Um, we can't gain and lose confidence as quickly as we, we can. It it seems to expose a lack of leadership. Even in the way I've, I've been fairly pleased with the way we've played away from home this year, um, but we just seemed we seemed devoid of ideas and and of in, and inspiration, and that was a little bit worrying. Um, you know, it's was it the sort of game where we really sort of miss Stefan Johansson? Maybe you Maybe. know, a bit of shit house we would have. Um, you know, would have added some spice to the you know spice to the game. You always know he's going to give you that, but that's only one side of the game. We just seem we seem to um, we sort of ran out of ideas and um, but a lot of it I'm going to put on the on the players on the pitch. They you know they've been professionals for long enough to know that when you bring when you're under the cosh, the least you can do is try and outwork the opposition. And I and I thought Stoke did a very good job of that. They did. Yeah, I mean it, I can't come. And you're right about the style. I mean, Stoke, Stoke have had Stoke have had the, um, the criticism. Bar, I think the last year they were in the Premier League, they had the criticism of being a, a direct Route One team. Um, it's what's got them results. That's fair enough. But one thing that they always do at the Britannia is they always seem to outwork their opponents. And if you're and struggling, yeah, yeah, if you're struggling, just you know, just outwork. Just get the work and we and we had enough good good players out there to do it we just we just we were we we were flat lethargic that would be yeah. another good word and you know and that's why i can understand the comments from scott parker talking about the play in the first half especially and then he mentioned it was better in the second half but obviously it quite wasn't good enough because they didn't score the goals that they needed so i certainly understand that but like you said, Giannis, this performance again, it's on the players, but I think you I think it's on everyone. I think it's on the coaching staff as well. And um when you when you're watching this in the first half and the half ends and I'm just waiting for the half to end, I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna see a change at the beginning of the second half like I did against Child and Athletic. That's what I was expecting, Giannis. Now I did yeah. see a change. It was from the mentality of the players, but I keep going back to this. If it's not working right, if it's still not flowing right, and even with Fulham's better play in the second half, it still didn't look right, Giannis. So, again, I guess I guess this goes back to a new manager learning his way because I thought that was the opportunity to change it up. It is on the players, but I think the manager plays a role too, Giannis. Yeah, and you've got and, and the one thing I went, I'm going to go back to the humility piece. And I don't. I think you've got to. Um, you can't be overtly stubborn, saying, "Well, it's going to." You think this was arrogance? Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Because if you carry on doing it, you carry on doing it, and you get the same result, and it's just complete and utter lunacy. And, and um, you've got to. Sometimes you have to cut your losses and say, "Well, that's not what we need to do. We need to do something a little different and see what happens." And um, because it's. Um, it's that self-insistence that you're, what you're doing is so right that eventually it comes off. The, the question then becomes the reaction to that is, do you turn around and say, well, um, I was right all along, 
therefore I'm going to blame the players. And that's what worried me about him turning around and saying, well, both ends of the field, we, were, we weren't very good. I, I, I don't like that. That's where the humility of, you know what, I had a plan. I thought it would work. I didn't change it. This one's on me. And this right. is one where hopefully if he has a mentor or mentors, and I'm sure he, he does, right? they may have picked up a phone today and said, no, look, um, you're not just, you don't just have a, you're charge of a club. Everybody in the club is looking towards you. It's not just the players and the fans. It's the backroom staff. It's the, the club shop. It's the tea ladies. It's the, it's the cleaners. It's, you know, it's the, the lawn maintainers. I mean, everybody in that club, you are the manager of the club. And that involves so many facets. And so, Every Saturday afternoon, evening, they will look at, you, they will listen to your comments, they will watch you make those comments, and they'll make their own judgments based on. And you know, if you start isolating, then it, it becomes more about you, you know, and your perceptions as opposed to what's good for the club. So that's my, and that's my own philosophy personally. Yeah. But I think that's the way he needs to. I hope somebody picked him up, uh, picked up a phone, and called him and said, "Hey, um, you might want to change this." Um, celebrate the, the wins, but with the losses, take responsibility for yourself, and you know that's all part of uh, development. Right, and that's again maybe it's where I live, Giannis. You know who uh, I look at when it comes to these situations. There's a a famous head coach here where I live that will take responsibility on himself when his team loses. It will also say it's on all of us. It's on the players. It's on the coach and staff. It's on me. And that way, it also takes off the pressure of the players a little bit publicly. And then you can do what you need to do privately. But I think it also sends a message that we're in it together. And that's why I kind of just want to hear from Scott Parker that, again, when we lose, we lose as a team. That includes you. That includes your coaching staff. It's not just the players. It's everyone. I want to hear that from Scott Parker when they lose. So that's, I guess, my big thing coming out of this that disappoints me is that I'm looking to hear that, and maybe over time with experience I'll start to hear that. But when you lose, I understand that the players didn't play well, but you played your part too. I want to hear that from you. Anyways, yeah, and, and you know ahead. what? It's funny, it's funny, it's funny, Russ, because we're, we're 11 games in. Uh, Max, I'd be curious to see what you you, you make of this one. The the um, we're eleven games in, fifteen games I think is going to be a critical point because we're going to be a third of the way season in. Right. If we're tenth after fifteen games, does Tony Khan look at this and go, we might need a change? Very interesting, Max. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't think so at all. I mean, just by the nature of the division, tenth probably means we're four point five points off the playoff places. It won't be ideal. Everyone said the stated goal was top two, but we all know how difficult that is. But I can't see Tony Khan making such – I mean, maybe looking at the situation, perhaps, I don't think he'd actually ever consider firing Parker at, at, at that stage of the season just because they so publicly put it, put their faith in him. Yep. Who's going to come in – I mean, you could. I just don't think a new manager now would make sense. If 10th, definitely not. I mean, if, if we're like bottom or relegation zone, then definitely that, that's an issue. But – I mean, we know, yeah, we know how it is in this division. We we've been tenth around the bout at kind of the fest, the festive period period the past couple of years. We're in the championship and we go on these runs. So I think Fulham know better than anyone that not necessarily being in pole position the first half of the season is not the worst thing in the world. Things change, winter yep. turns to spring, and we suddenly start playing the best football of the season. Okay, Max, if if fifteen games in, we're tenth. Um. And Chris Hewton is still available. Would you take him? No, I mean, the obsession with Chris Hewton, I think he's a great manager, but I don't think he's he, – he could do a job at Fulham. But Parker, is, Parker has, has a vision here, I think. And he knows the system. I think Hewton comes in, he makes a fuss about transfers. He, he, I don't think he's a great fit right now. And I just don't think switching the manager then is, is the best idea. Parker's here. We, we, he's he's going to get better. I really do think he'll get better. And – I just think it would disrupt more than anything, Giannis. If, if, we, if we very interesting. If we hired, him, if we hired yeah. him this summer, um, as a very clear show of ambition, Hewton's our guy. Parker's the number two, something like that. I'd honestly love that, but just because it's the middle of the season, 
I'd be a lot less comfortable with that. Would you do it, Giannis? Um, I'm on the fence on this one, but I just, I just, I keep looking at the, I keep looking at the squad we've got. Yeah. Look at the quality of the squad. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating Scotty being fired and all that, but I'm, I'm thinking maybe from the Cairns' perspective, if we're third of the season in. And let's say we're not six points behind, we're nine, ten points behind. Um, with, the, with what we've got here and the transfer window coming in, coming up, do, do they think about it? Would they make a change? Chris, I don't know. Pedigree's there. I mean, it's, we yeah. know that. Would they make that change? Um, I'm on the fence, but it's not something that would surprise me. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me for this division. When it comes to the cons, it's very interesting because there's a part of me that sees them doing it because we've seen them do it in the Premier League. And we've seen them do it in the championship. Would they do it? I, I don't know. And I think the way that you're presenting it is very interesting, Giannis. If it's nine points out and you're teetering, do you make that change? And uh, I don't know because they have to look at the players that they brought in, the way that they brought them in. They – they're on contracts. The majority yeah. of them are on loans. So, again, this is an opportunity when they're looking at it as a one-year vision. They're not looking at it, I think, as a long-term vision. When you bring in these players like this, they're betting on themselves that, that they're going to get promoted by the way they set up these contracts. So that makes this interesting. Do you then make this this decision? We need to be back in the Premier League. I need an experienced manager. Now's the time to do it. So 15 yeah. games in, that's actually a very interesting barometer to look at. I'm glad that you brought that up, Giannis. I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if I would do it. I do like Chris Hewn. There's a part of me that understands why you brought that up. Because the minute you said that, I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. That's something to watch when we get 15 matches in to see where Fulham are. And if it's like Max said, if we're within four to five points, I don't see it. But nine points, that's a little bit different. That's very interesting. I'm glad that you brought that up, my friend. All right. And, and Russ, if, if I can. Go ahead, Max. To, to make a point, because yeah. I think it's really interesting. So I, I looked at the last two times we were in the championship and where we were at this stage of the season around about. Right. So 22nd October 2016, we just lost 1-0 to Villa at Villa Park. We're I remember 14, that. 18 points, five points off six, right? That, that's, that's the 2016-17 season. 2017-18 season. Very funny. 21st October 2017, we just lost 2-1 to Villa at Villa Park. <laughs> and we are 11th, three points off the playoffs. So at, at, at this stage of October, late October, it, it's almost a theme for us. Yeah. The last three seasons, we're in that 10th, 11th position, three to five points off the playoffs. We're not hitting our form yet, but we're kind of staying in it. And then we catch fire. So just based on past president, and I know it's not the same every season and, and I, I'm not going to expect us to go in a 23 match or beat and run yep. but there, there, there's something to be said that we're kind of slow starters and it's not the end of the world and I think the cons will know that and that's why I just think there's a very very low probability that Parker's job is even remotely in danger right now Okay, and I'll throw this into the conversation then we'll move on to talk about the second half a couple seasons ago I was on a podcast the uh, championship uh, round table I was on and part of the discussion was about teams that are possession based and how the beginning of the season, it's harder on them until you get further into the season because the teams like a Stoke city can take advantage of possession based teams because they have not gotten everything perfected yet. That could be the case because if you look at the slow starts by Fulman, those two seasons we're we are still a possession based team and then in both of those seasons, they caught fire. So maybe there is something to the style of play that Fulham play. Giannis, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think our style needs time to mature? And also in regards to the championship season where as the season progresses, teams like Fulham that like to play football, maybe that becomes their time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it said earlier, the, the weather conditions are going to start to deteriorate. The, the grounds are going to start getting heavier. It's going to get, start getting colder. Um, more and more players are going to be wearing those ridiculous black gloves. Um, unless they're Michael Jackson fans, in which case they'll be white. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, and we have enough talent. You look at the 11th, you know, 
the 11 put out yesterday, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be every, let alone any every team in the division. Um, but it is it. But there is also there are also the semantics and the observations, and you know stats don't lie, but stats sometimes are misleading. You know, uh, if you're three points off sixth place, that's fine. Are we? You know, ordinarily should we be beating teams like Charlton, Barnsley, Stoke? Yes, we should. I know the division's a little different this year, um, but I can guarantee you that if we are talking about where we could be after X amount of games, fans are talking about it. And if fans are talking about it, I bet you the cars are talking about it too, okay. because they're they're hearing it. And um, it does create a little bit of nervousness because there's an expectation that we'll return. Uh, but it does, it's not always the way it works. When Stoke, ironically, when Stoke got relegated, you know, the, the, big, the big issue against them is they had a lot of players on big contracts. And how that, were they going to survive? You know, how were they going to get promoted? Um, unless they bought some fresh faces. And although on paper it looked very, very strong. And last year, their biggest problem was they drew, what, 17, 18 games, something ridiculous like that. Yep. Um, and on paper, I thought they were the best team in the division. And we hadn't heard of team Poopy either. So, uh, you know what? I'm sure people in the club are talking now. And um, Parker's got a job to do before Luton. And if we do beat Luton, you know, we don't jump up and down and, and, and celebrate because we've got bigger games. We've not played Derby. Nope. We've not played Leeds United. Um, they're going to be very, very difficult games. Uh, we've not played Middlesbrough, I believe, have we? That's next week. Yeah, right. So these are these are tough games. And although Middlesbrough are struggling a little bit, well, God, I don't fancy playing them any day of the week. So um, we, you know, we've got some challenging times ahead, and uh, and we haven't played the ha ha's. So we've got to we've got to take it game by game. Yep. But we've got to pick up points, and we Parker's got to stop being too cute with uh, formations. Play strongest lineup. Do it in the most comfortable formation and let teams worry about you as a, as opposed to vice versa. Okay, very good. Max, quickly for you, what are your thoughts about possession-based teams improving as the season goes on? Again, this is a conversation we had two years ago. It did play out that way for Fulham. Yeah, I don't even think this can apply even more broadly just to any team. When you have a lot of new players coming in, as we do, it takes a lot for them to gel, to hit full form. And that's something we see a lot in the championship with a lot of lone players, not a, t- not a great amount of continuity. And, yeah, it's going to take a while for us to hit our stride. I don't think anyone thinks we're playing our best football right now, and that will come later. And that's what I'm really excited about because right. the players we have, when, when they finally you gel, can see it. Yeah. it will be great. And you see it right. in flashes. You know, Reading, the Reading match was one example. But we haven't seen consistent 90 minutes. That's worrying. And then another big worry for me, Russ, and Giannis, is when are we going to start a match? Like, we mean it. It always seems to take something. You know, after the halftime interval, we've played really well. But I haven't really seen us start many matches. Except for Millwall. One. Except for Millwall. And, and that was, I think we can always say it's an aberration. Because that was an amazing match. We looked like division winners. And we haven't seen anything like that since. No. And teams are smarter. They don't play, they don't play like that against us because they learned. That's not, right. I, I'm, I'm not, we're not going to see that for a while, I'm pretty sure. But okay. we don't seem to start matches with a purpose anymore. And that's worrying because it takes something, you know, either Parker halftime team talk or goalie can see to, you know, knock us back into form. But it shouldn't take that. You know, good teams start matches on the front foot and don't need another event to wake them up. Absolutely. Good stuff there. All right, guys, let's finish up talking about this match, talk about the second half. And uh, do have to mention that um, Stoke City were looking for that second goal pretty early on. They came out on fire. I want to give them credit for that. And Marcus Bednelli had to make a save early on to keep the score line being only 1-0. And then you had some opportunities from Fulham. You actually had a shot from Harry Archer that came off of a free kick situation that eventually got to him. It was a decent opportunity. Then in the 54th minute, you had a shot by Kearney that was deflected. It went to a corner. In the 60th minute, you had a shot by Bobby Reed. He was wide open, and it went, unfortunately, very wide. And um, Shortly after then, the 64th minute, you have the injury to Harry Archer. And if you watch the video from Scott Parker, you're going to see that he's very concerned about the injury. 
to Harry Archer that this could be serious. So keep that in mind. Josh Anoma came on for him in the 66th minute. You have a shot from Kearney that that comes off of a free kick. And then in the 67th minute, you have the shot by Bobby Decadova Reed that saved by the goalkeeper. Again, it was a decent opportunity, but it was fairly an easy save. And then in the 77th minute, you have a shot by Joe Bryan that just skims the top of the crossbar. That was a, a very interesting opportunity. And now everything's going to lead to the penalty. And Max, I'm going to go to you because um, this situation, we talked about this on full time. So let's describe how it all led up to the second goal for Stoke City. Yeah, just uh, another breakdown in defense. Two defenders press out wide in the right wing. You know, the, the, the main guy, I think of Scott Hogan, completely free in the middle. And it's just him and Ben Nelly touches it around. They're very smart by Hogan to draw that penalty. Um, I think the touch is actually pretty heavy. But Betts takes him down, and uh, Lee Gregory stands in the wrong way at the spot. Uh, it's so disappointing because it, it literally was so against the run of play. But, you know, as I yeah. said yesterday, serves us right. You can have all that possession you want. You don't score. The other team deserves to go on and hit you on the break and score a goal and be clinical. It shows us exactly what we weren't, um, clinical and taking our chances. So credit to Stoke. Very well taken. They didn't get many chances, but they took them well. And for us, after that 2-0. And, and the worst part was, guys, is that there were around about 15 minutes left in the match by then. Theoretically, you know, you get one goal, momentum changes, you can draw that match. But I don't know about you, but I had zero doubt that we're going to lose that match and not even score a goal. And, and that's kind of the sad part. I didn't really see much fight yeah. in that team out there. To be fair, it was such a deflating way to concede after controlling the ball, but I, I, I had no hope, which is sad, because when you don't have hope in football, you know what's left. But did you guys think right. there could be any sort of comeback at that point? I didn't. Giannis, your thoughts after the second goal. We, we did have the opportunity in the 87th minute for Mitro, but beyond that, I pretty much thought it was uh, over at that point. Did you? Yeah, yeah, we 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 were done. We were done. We we, we uh, that was the killer. It was a sucker punch, and uh, I think some of the players were thinking, okay, well, let's look forward to Wednesday. And with that amount of time left, you know, you score goal in the 80s, and then all of a sudden, you know, Stokes are scrambling. You never know what you're going to get out of it. But um, we just—it was one of those days that. Uh, it was it was just really forgettable. Our fans yep. were fantastic up there as they always are, and uh, I always feel sorry for the the away supporters because they pay good money. Right, they take days out of their lives to go and support, and and, and I always believe that the players should put in a really good shift. And I don't. There were very few players that came out yesterday with any sort of credit. Uh, to to be honest, I don't. I just we just weren't at the we just weren't at the races and. Um, Credit to Stoke. Uh, they got the win. Yeah. Second really good win on the bounce. But uh, for our lads now, we should uh, be pissed off and uh, take a look at the videotape tomorrow and uh, be ready for them. Yeah. Uh, good stuff there, Giannis. All right. Let's now go to the full-time stats and uh, get our thoughts on that. Max and I went through that. So, Giannis, I'll go back to you and just get your thoughts. We've already shared ours, and, and I w- want to learn from you what you get out of them. Let's start with possession. Fulmore at 78% to 22% for Stoke City. Total shots, 10 to 9 in favor of Fulm. On target, 5 to 4 in favor of Stoke City. Corners, 6 to 4 in favor of Fulm. Crosses, this is the one that Max talked about, 36 to 12 in favor of Fulm. Then you look at attempted passes, 677 to 186 in favor of Fulham. Attacking passes, 314 to 72 in favor of Fulham. Passing accuracy, 90% for Fulham, 69% for Stoke City. Fouls, 15 for Stoke City, 12 for Fulham. Giannis, what stands out to you from the full-time stats? I think it was the number. I think think, um, the number of passes, you know, we're getting, you know, with the 5, 6, 7, 800 range. But it's not the touches on the ball; it's what you do with it, and you've got to be more. You've got to be more penetrating, yep. um, and we weren't. We weren't really, and um, you've got to move the ball quicker. You've got to move the ball quicker, and you've got to. Um, you've got to try and get the ball 
into the channels and there's got to be a lot more movement of the ball. I thought we were, I thought we were somewhat static up front yesterday. We need yep. to be a little bit sharper there. Alex Mitrovic looks a little tired, but again, he's he played he's, he's played two games and and he's he's scoring buckets for Serbia right now. He's scoring for fun, um, but um, we just looked led legged. So uh, we'll see the you know the, the extent of Arthur's injury and. Um, if Steph Joe is available, I assume he's going to play on uh, Wednesday night. We'll Wednesday. see if this is a blip. Let's see if this is a bump in the road. Um, okay. We lose to Luton, we may we may have reason to be start getting worried. Okay, very good, and that's going to lead to ending the show. Just talking about your expectations on Wednesday night. Giannis, first to you against Luton Town. What are you expecting from Fulham? Well, do, do we have a man of the match? Oh, I thought we are. <laughs> Do we have yeah, a man of the match? I I, I forgot you, to ask you that. Up. Is there a man of the match, Giannis? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to someone, actually. Okay. Even though he gave the penalty away, I'm going to give it to Betts. Wow. Wow, that's excellent. I I, I can't wait to go to Max cause, because uh, I, I can't see him in Pennsylvania, but I'm sure he's got a huge grin on his face right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's banter because, I mean, he, he did slip. And I'll be honest, I'm going to get the greatest game, but. He made some saves. Um, well, it was, it was between him. Um, it was between him and Floyd Aite. <laughs> Always goes back to Aite for you, Yannis. Oh, cool. you know it does. <laughs> no, no. The jokes aside, apart from that penalty he gave away, um, he made yep. he made some good saves, and uh, he did. Yeah. So no, I, I, if we had a man of the match, I think that the scoreline could have been even worse without uh, Betts' performance. Okay. I will give it to Betts reluctantly. And trust me, it's reluctantly, but uh, I will give it to him. Because that's... And to okay. answer your question about Luton Town, I'm expecting yes. a bounce back. I'm expecting a, a regular formation. Will there be tinkering? Um, I Yeah, I think we'll go to a back four. Um, it's good to see, by the way, Cyrus Christie on the bench. I, I wouldn't mind yep. giving him another run out, see what happens there. Um, and um, I'm expecting a more polished performance and more commitment. And I want us to come out quickly. I want us to get an early goal and see if we can put Luton to bed um, pretty okay. quickly. Because apparently they turn their lights and electricity off at 7 p.m. at night in Luton. <laughs> so um, I'm not even sure the game will go ahead, but I'm sure they'll bring their cell phone lights. Just to... Okay, you, very good. You, hey, Russ, yes. if you've ever been to Kenilworth Road, you'll know why. Okay, I haven't, but okay. Uh, over to you, Max. Your thoughts on Giannis giving man of the match to... Marcus Benelli, which is fascinating. And then also your thoughts on Ludenthal. Yeah, well, you know, I love it. I'm actually going to give it to Nisian Scabano. We saw him for the first That's time. That's a good call, season. by the way. And that was amazing. He made a spark. He, he was bright on the left wing. It's nice to know he's still alive. Uh, great lad. Miss him. But um, wish we saw more of him. But, you know, that's how it goes when you sign two wingers in the summer. And then Ludenthal, again, they just beat Bristol City 3-0. It's not a team that's going to roll over at our place. I mean, we should win, but as you know, as it goes, there are no easy matches in this division. It just it just speaks to me so much, like that Barnsley match or like the matches played against Stoke, uh, especially the Stoke one. Not a, not a very good team coming off a really good result, and the confidence is flowing, and we're going to have to be at our best. I think the quality. There's no doubt we should win this match, but we have to come to play. And I really what I want to see, guys. We say this a lot. I want to see a goal in the first 20 minutes. Okay. I, I don't want us to be playing with a 1-0 lead late on. Mike concede. I don't want us to go behind. Let's just start positive, have a really good first half, and put this match to bed early on. Okay. Excellent there, my friend. Very good stuff. All right. Very good show. I look forward to doing some shows upcoming. Uh, that's going to lead me just to mention this. And uh, I know I tweeted this out, but I – do want to just talk about this. Um, I haven't been doing as many shows as I would like lately. Just uh, life getting in the way a little bit, and I'm going to try to do better as we move forward into this season. So I just want to thank all the listeners of Cottage Talk to continue to listen and be patient while I uh, figure out things going on in life. It's just life getting in the way. I love doing this show, especially with the two guys we just did the show with. And um, I'm hoping that uh, there'll be a lot more shows to come. This sh- there will be. It's just a matter of uh, me figuring out time to make sure I can get them done the way that um, you deserve it, the listener. So I just wanted to mention that. All right. Great show, guys. But let's wrap this up. 
For my co-host, Max Cohen and Yashanaz, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.